0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I know there's a lot going on in the world right now, but I'm actually thrilled because I finally figured out what was creating this weird whooshing sound in my right earbud during podcast recording. You guys want to know? You don't? Oh, come on. I'm going to tell you anyway. It's my show. By the way, uh, you're listening to Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Vespers, and this is a hoop ball presentation. But you'd never think it in a million years, but maybe I should have figured this out a long time ago. The I use a very cheap mixer for recording these podcasts. It's nice. It's what I referred to as my travel mixer when I actually went anywhere or did any sporting events or, you know, sporting events were... Um, happening at the levels that I do play-by-play for. And over time, and I still don't really know how this happened, but over time, the first microphone input, it's an XLR slot. I'm sure many of you give at least seven rats' butts about that. It just started to fry. I still don't really know how it happened, but for a long time, I actually thought it was the headphone jack, and I would wiggle it around, and sometimes the noise would go away. But finally, I, fi- I figured out that input one was just dead. Like something had fallen in it or broken off in it or it just got fried. And apparently the whooshing sound, even though I have nothing plugged into that port, was if the levels are adjusted up on it. So there's something in there that's creating interference or static. And I, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe I could get a little tiny vacuum in there or maybe get an air thing and try to blow it out. But man, I, I made sure to just crank those levels all the way down, and and really pull that knob hard to the left, and now my ears are... are, it's great! I don't think you guys could hear it on the pod. I listened to it back on other devices, and, and I never heard it. But man, it's hard to do a show when there's just something weird noise happening in the background. Which I think is actually the way I've been described to people. Oh, Dan? He's that weird noise in the background. Good morning to you all once again. It's Thursday, edition of Fantasy NBA Today. Uh, we we keep our eye on the news, the NBA news, I should say. Yeah, we will keep our eye on all the news, but for this podcast. And the only NBA thing that broke overnight was that the Milwaukee Bucks are pursuing Bogdan Bogdanovich in a sign-in trade. And the only thing that broke yesterday was that the Pelicans are continuing to entertain offers for Drew Holiday. I don't think Drew gets moved, by the way, because, you know, that's a team that, to me, with their current level of talent, which is they've got Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. Like, this is a pretty good young team. There's probably not quite enough there to make the playoffs, but they're on the upswing. And if they lost Drew Holiday, if they trade him away, it's largely going to be for young, unproven, or picks, or, you know, probably a combination of those. That team gets bad. They get bad. There are some fantasy players on that team that would get really interesting. Lonzo would rocket up the board, but the, if you thought they had a chance to make the playoffs without Drew Holiday, they have no prayer. If you thought they had a chance to play defense this year without Drew Holiday, they have no prayer. So I don't I don't like that idea. I know that they could get something for him, but it's not like he's super old and even young teams need someone who's been around a little bit to to galvanize them, to be a coach on the floor. Stan Van Gunn is going to need a guy like Drew Holiday on his team to keep things going the right way. So I don't know. I, I'd be a little bit surprised to see the move him. You know, certainly if some team comes with the enough for the camera, you know, you know, the 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 old the old adage. <laughs> the Godfather. Um you know, like Brooklyn seems like the kind of place that actually does have the moving pieces to get that done. Because they have uh Karis Levert, who teams are interested in. He's an exciting young player who's already shown he's good enough to be a solid NBA basketball player. I think Brooklyn has some picks they could flip if they had to. But really, outside of that team, I don't know that there's a club that is going to want to move a superfluous, solid, young talent. What teams out there? The teams that would consider such a move, and let's just spend a minute on this today because, look, we're... We're in ramp up mode a little bit for the season, but not quite, because nothing's really official. Probably until later today, we'll I'm, I think we'll get word on the NBA start time. Just look at the um the teams that might want to win bad enough and also have a piece to spare. The list is short, so look at the teams at the top that would want to get over that hump. Uh, starting the Eastern Conference, the Bucks. Have any way of getting Drew Holiday? Do they have young pieces that teams would care about? No. Do the Raptors have young pieces? Yeah, I mean, I guess, but would they want to part with any of those young guys? Like, you know, would they trade someone like a Pascal Siakam? I doubt it. I don't think so. And Freddie Van Fleet's a, a free agent who's, you know, he's relatively young. OGN and Obi's probably not going to get the job done in a trade like that. What about the Celtics? Anyone that they move would be someone that's already one of their key cogs. The reason the Nets make so much sense is that the guy they could move, the young, interesting player they could move, is kind of log-jammed in. He's a bit unnecessary on that particular roster. Pacers don't have a guy like that. Heat don't have a guy like I mean, I guess the Heat have Tyler Harrow. Maybe the Heat could get involved in a Drew Holiday sweepstakes. That would be another team I guess you could put on the list. I don't know about teams in the Western Conference having enough... Do the Nuggets have enough? Would that, would that do it? Would they even want to, with Jamal Murray already, their backcourt guy? I don't see it. I don't see it. I see Nets, Heat, and I, I, I haven't even looked at the salary side of these things or the picks that these, two, these teams have that they could potentially offer up, but those are kind of the only two teams that I look at and think, well, these teams are going to be pretty good this year could use one more stud and have a young player that other teams might be interested in. All of that needs to roll together to make sense. So I would be surprised. On the Bogdan Bogdanovich front, You know, this has a, a big impact on what could happen to Buddy Heald. He's a restricted free agent. Bogdan's a restricted free agent. The Kings have said that they want to re-sign him, but of course you kind of have to say that. If you say you don't, then other teams are going to bring in offers and they're going to be coming in fast and furious and lower than expected. Bogdan wants more playing time, which he was granted by the end of last year. And so now we have to sort of look to see what can the Kings do. they they spent way too much money on Harrison Barnes. The bucks don't have any cap space. So it would have to be a sign and trade. And then Milwaukee wouldn't be able to make any moves like forever. So I don't know how that gets done. Um I don't know who the kings could potentially want back in that type of deal. The bucks are uh that team is veterans it's veterans everywhere. their young guys are not super interesting, really not interesting at all frankly that's an old team i don't I don't get how that one makes sense either, but you know maybe they've got something they can offer up i don't think the kings want to go back into any kind of rebuild either so whatever they'd get back in a side and trade would have to be somebody that they could use and would have to get the kings out from under harrison barnes so like would the bucks really want to do that much to get bogdan i doubt it i don't think these things happen but you know crazier things crazier things to be fair all right, so that's the basketball news that took place over the last 24 hours or so. Want to take just a moment here towards the beginning. Well, are we, we're, we're into the show a little bit now. To remind you guys that we are now four days away from hoop Ball's mighty launch day. It's Monday, November 9th. It's coming. And I can tell you way more about it on tomorrow's podcast. But what I will tell you today is that this coming year, for the first time ever, HoopBall will have... Full season premium products, DFS premium products, wagering premium products, a VIP level access to Hoopball that gets you everything and then some. A Brusky 150 with an early release date, a regular release date, and for the first time ever, a super early release date for particular packages. Hoopball will have monthly memberships for the first time ever. The draft guide drops... On Monday, the list goes on and on. I can't wait to give you guys more details on tomorrow's podcast. Just remember, there are ways to make sure you don't miss out on any of this stuff dropping. Hoop ball first to the table, as we like to say. Our DFS shows, that's why they always come out the night before. We want to be first to things to get in, get the analysis going, and start prepping before everybody else starts bouncing the market around. This is all coming Monday. You can sign up for our email list by just going to hoop and then there's a little orange bar that pops up at the bottom. You can throw your email in there and get on the list. Uh, you can also just set a Twitter alert for at fantasy because we'll be tweeting uh, from that account all the time about these things that we've got. There's going to be tweets coming out about each different item, what they have, what they're doing, and it's going to be amazing. So that's all coming out on Monday, and I'll give you more detail about it tomorrow. Today's podcast is largely going to be focused on uh, a little more of our our eight category mock draft. I haven't decided how far I want to get today. I do know how far I want to get in total, and that is pretty much everything but the last round. And at that point, we might as well just finish the damn thing out. But the. I don't know how fast we're going to move through things on today's show. So, you know, we'll we'll set a timer on stuff and we'll kind of see where we end up at different junctures. And we'll go from there. So let's dive right on in. Uh, yesterday, we left off at Bogdan Bogdanovich. How how unbelievably fitting, which I believe was pick number 90. Um, and then, of course, you know, news about him today. So thank you, NBA Universe, for bringing everything together In a neat little package, like the end of a Curb Your Enthusiasm season, pick number 91 in this draft. Again, this is 8 Category 12 Team. It's an industry way too early mock. Uh, By the way, by the time we got to round 8 now, it's about a week ago, so things had started to pick up momentum in the December 22nd potential start date scenario, but again, we're at a part of the draft where that sort of doesn't matter anymore. And uh, pick number 91 was Marcus Smart, which honestly, like, He's never going to be an exciting fantasy pick, regardless of format. You're never going to look at Marcus Barton and be like, oh, here we go. But he's always going to be decent. Um, You know, he was number 60 on a per-game basis in nine category leagues last year. He um, turned the ball over about a little under two times per game, which put him... Uh, a shade better than league average in turnovers, but because there are people that are a little bit better, and a little bit worse, believe it or not, he was actually number 60 in both nine and eight category leagues. You don't see that happen too often, but that's where we were, um, even though his value did take a very slight hit. Average 13.5 points, four boards, five assists, 2.1 defensive stats, mostly in the steals department, but a little bit of the uh, half a block a game, uh, two and a half three-pointers, Free throw shooting, he has dramatically improved over the course of his career. Still can't shoot from the field, uh, and that's something you're just going to have to swallow if you're on the Marcus Smart train. I see no reason why he should be falling into the 90s. The Celtics are largely the same team. Uh, Kemba Walker is getting less healthy, not more healthy, and every time one player misses a game, Smart jumps into the starting lineup and posts better than top 60 numbers. So... He's going to miss his 10 games from playing too damn hard. We know this with everyone on the Celtics, except maybe Jason Tatum. I mean, maybe you could throw Jalen Brown to the max, depending on what next season looks like. But most of these guys are going to play themselves into an injury somehow, just through use. They're going to get dinged up. So assume Marcus Smart's going to miss 10 games. Yeah, that's a bummer. But if you're getting him in the eighth round near the edge of the top 100, he is a guarantee, a virtual guarantee to beat that ADP, uh, and probably by a fair amount, probably by two, three, or even four rounds, depending on how healthy he turns out this year. So I love this pick. I don't know what the hell he was still doing on the board. People were getting fancy, and they just overlooked the very plain. He's kind of turned into an old man squad kind of guy. Derek White went at 92. I love this pick. Uh, I think he's set to have a giant year. I think the Spurs are going to be going young. We saw how incredible he was during the bubble. This is a guy that is, you know, he was number 138 in 8-cat last year, but he just didn't have any opportunity. He was on the floor 24 minutes a game. That number's going up. Usage is going up. All the good things are happening. The only question mark with Derek White is, is it going to be one of those years where things start very slowly and then ramp up to look much nicer as the year goes, or is Pop going to give him his chance right out of the shoot? I'm inclined to think that he gets a pretty good look right from the beginning because it wasn't all DeMar DeRozan's fault that Derek White wasn't getting opportunities last year. Heavily, it was the Spurs, right or wrong, I'm going to say probably wrong, feeling like they had to play guys like Patty Mills uh, and Bryn Forbes for floor spacing rather than just say, look, Derek White, you're a pretty good three-point shooter. Just take some. And they started trying that, largely in the bubble, and lo and behold, it worked. Now, it's possibly he got better at shooting over the four-month break. Maybe that was exact, that was the only stuff he worked on during the COVID shutdown. Um, but I think he's going to be really good this year, and I think getting him in this range is pretty reasonable because there's a lot of upside there. He has a really, really, really interesting fantasy game as a guard... Able to score, rebound, assist, both defensive stats on good percentages. I mean, this is a guy who could literally be all good at all nine categories. He could be good at all nine. Those guys are rare. And so those are guys you roll the dice on once you get sort of past the completely proven part of the book. He was the next guy on my board. Uh, all these names that I've read since I said DeJounte Murray is my last pick, my next guy would have been his teammate, Derek White. I love it. Um, Otto Porter. This is an interesting one. I, I like it. He went at 93, and he is, uh, I mean, this is, this is the ultimate in bounce-back opportunity. Guy on team with improved coaching structure, uh, opportunity, Maybe health after missing most all slash, really most of all, of last year. I mean, if he's gone this low, I I don't care what format you're in. You got to take him because we know Otto Porter has top 25 upside. If you can get a guy with top 25 upside in the 90s, you're insane not to. That's what we're talking about each of the last two guys, really. Jared Allen went at 94. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Brooklyn's going for it this year, which means the veterans are going to get their guy in there. And that means at least half the game is going to DeAndre Jordan. It's idiotic. Maybe Jared Allen gets traded. It's foolish. Like, they should be grooming Allen to be the guy. But he ain't there yet. And, you know, they signed DeAndre Jordan to a four-damn-year deal last year. So it's not like he's about to leave town. He's going to play. So that's rough. I don't think I can dive into the Brooklyn center situation. I went Aaron Gordon at uh, pick 90 or er, uh, 101, which I've I've completely lost track of what I'm at. One, two, three, four, five, 95. Sorry. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, Dan? Pick 95 was Aaron Gordon for me in this one. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to take some heat, I think, for this pick. But, and he was 119 in eight category leagues last year, but he was also a, a tale of two seasons. Meaning, if you include October, November, and December, Aaron Gordon is absolutely, positively not worth your pick, even in the late 90s. If you focused largely on what the Magic were doing as the season progressed and as their pace picked up, he was... uh easily inside the top 90 over that stretch and getting better as the farther along you went the magic really like around the all-star break revved up their pace a lot aaron gordon was a top 50 guy in eight cat after slightly before and then after the all-star break and pre-bubble do i think it's going to stay that good for him no probably not quite that awesome um But we've always known he has the ability to do a bunch of stuff in fantasy. His percentages are going to weigh you down a little bit. But he started blocking shots, getting steals, passing was huge. He averaged six assists a game over his last 20 games this last year. Uh, So he's another guy to me that I think we've... Look, for, for years I've come on this show and I've said, poor man's Blake Griffin, uh... And I and he well, he was getting drafted in the 40s and 50s, and I was like, no, no, don't, please don't. And now this is oh, this is why fantasy drafting is, is so much like the stock market. You pass on guys when their value is too high. You wait until their value finally flips across the midpoint, and that's when you can pounce. And I think this year is the first year where people are finally like, No, I'm done with Aaron Gordon, and that's the perfect time to jump in. Luke Kennard went at 96. Uh, He was next on my queue, believe it or not. And I thought, no way Eric Ong takes him in the two picks between me and me. But Ong took Luke Kennard, Detroit's into rebuild mode, and Kennard's going to get almost all of the usage he can handle this year. I I I don't love his fantasy game. Uh, I don't love it even, uh, especially in 8-cat. He was uh, generally a a lower turnover guy. Uh, But that could actually change also. You know, as you look at this season, he's going to be involved in more. You know, he only averaged one and a half turnovers a game last year. But, you know, they let Derrick Rose do a lot of the ball handling. And then for Kennard, uh, like, I don't think Rose lasts the year. I don't know that Luke is going to start the year fast. But I do think he's going to ultimately have a stretch this season, probably later on, where he plays really well. Dennis Schroeder was the next man off the board, starting the next round of this fantasy draft. He was number 84 in eight category leagues this year, pre-bubble. Started slow, ramped up. Uh, unless he gets traded, he's going to have a huge season, huge. Because I'm, I'm like, I think I'm over 50% now that Chris Paul gets moved this year, which means that you know there's going to be a lot of Shea and a lot of Schroeder on that team after that point. They're going to get all they can handle. I know Dennis shot 47% from the field. That'll come down if his usage does go up. But I don't care. Because if his 15 shots a game becomes 17 shots a game, his value spikes through the roof. It goes way up. His free throws are a big positive. Uh, His steals will go from being a slight negative to being probably, you know, break-even. Scoring, threes, assists, all that stuff is going to be a big positive for him. Uh, I could see him posting top 75 eight category value this year or even better potentially that's a great pick from eric speaking of erics that's who i went with with my next selection pick number 98 i went eric bledsoe and you guys are gonna have to hear me out on this one because i think a lot of my my picks in this draft people are like what are you bledsoe was believe it or not number 67 in eight category leagues this year doesn't that surprise you It surprised me when I saw it, because I was like, this dude had a terrible year. But one of the reasons he had a bad year was actually that his turnovers were up this season. He also battled injury this year. He spent a lot of time coming back from injuries, and so while his total number of games was not that low pre-bubble, his minutes were down to 27. His opportunity was down about a shot per game. If you put all that stuff back into Bledsoe, by the way, his steals were down because, again, I think you know that's one of those things we talk about. It's the telltale sign of a guy coming back from injury. The steals are lower. His field goal percent was pretty good. His free throw percent was back up near his career mark after uh, some down years. It's the weirdest thing with Blood. So He and Drew Holiday have the same free throw affliction, where I feel like they each miss their first one every game, and then they just make the rest. So you just need him to take a whole bunch, and then it'll all even out for you on a per-game basis. But look, Bledsoe averaged 5.5 assists per game this year, which is actually pretty good on a team where Giannis and Middleton are, I would venture to call them, the more premier ball handlers. 15.5 uh, points, 4.5 rebounds, a steal, half a block. He was actually close to having a really good year, and nobody noticed because he was on and off the injured list and you know started slowly. I- I'm all about the Eric Bledsoe bounce-back this season. I think he could be great in in both 8 and 9 category formats. And so the fact that I got him basically around 100, pick number 98 in a fantasy draft, is crazy. There's almost no universe where he underperforms that mark. If that's really where he's going, oh, put him on every one of my damn teams. Eric Bledsoe in the ninth round. I'll take him there every damn, every damn league I'm in. Every one. Pick number 99 was Julius Randle, and I'll admit, I actually thought about him again, even though he was easily the single largest thorn in my side last year. But I'm a nine-category guy on the whole, and in eight-category leagues, he was actually number 86 on a per-game basis, and better than that by totals, because he did, to his credit, pick up his game in the second half of the year. He wasn't great. His turnovers were still too high. Both of his percentages were still too low, but the points, the rebounds, the assists, all of that stuff skyrocketed, and the you know the free the field goal percent remember was like in the high thirties, low forties early last year. So he, he bounced back pretty well in that department later in the season as well. This is a fine place to take him in probably eight or nine cat to get him around hundred. We've talked about it before, mentioned it on a yesterday's show. They're just I think it was in regards to Blake Griffin who went about 15 picks earlier than this. I was like, look, there just aren't that many guys left that can get you 20 and 8 with a few assists on the board, even if they're not great in some of the other stuff. And Randall is one of the other ones of those guys. There's, again, there are very, very few left at this point. So if your team is lacking in scoring in any meaningful way, to be able to scoop up a Randall at this juncture near 100 is... Actually, pretty good. I I think that you guys might have heard me. You may have heard that name and expected me to just clobber the pick, but I actually like it. At 99, uh, even a a bad year last season, he eclipsed that mark in eight category leagues. And, you know, I think the Knicks are going to be trying a little harder to win this year. So uh, that's probably useful. I feel like he was better with a healthy Alfred, Alfred Payton but I don't have the stats to back that up. Just having someone that could get him the ball at a slightly better spot, any kind of competent point guardery happening around him was useful. So, uh, you know, assuming he's their starting point guard, which he probably will be, he was their best option last year, much as I also detest Alfred Payton's fantasy game, he can be a, a help to Julius Randle. And pick number 100 was Tyler Hero. I have mixed feelings on this one. Uh, He was number 182 in eight category leagues last year. Played in only 47 games. Kind of bounced in and out of the rotation a little bit as Miami was rotating through all of their guards. Goran Dragic obviously was playing a bunch when he was healthy. Kendrick Nunn played arguably too much on that team. But Dragic is a free agent. Nunn, Hero has passed Nunn in terms of contribution to the team. And so, it makes sense. We're at a point in the draft where you can take some shots. And frankly, once Julius Randle was off the board, I, like, I'm going to scan some of these names. There aren't... There might not be any proven guys left at this point. There's a handful of dudes that I'd be like, oh, yeah, I guess that's a pretty safe pick at this point. So, screw it. Take a chance. And, on top of all this other stuff, who do you think... Whose body do you think is bouncing back better after the deep bubble run? Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero. So all of those games where we're expecting Butler's going to have to sit out for rest, Tyler Hero's going to be probably the highest usage guy on the team on those nights. You could argue bam maybe, but he's a center. It's hard to have your center as the the highest usage guy. So, you know, I think Tyler Hero I think his, his field goal percent is going to be duty this coming year if his volume is going to be going up that much. But as we talked about before, you take that bad with the better good. It's a net positive to have somebody's usage go way, way up even if their field goal percent ends up being a drag. So there it is. That's your pick number 100. It's promo time on the podcast. I already told you about what's coming up at HoopBall on Monday. Set your clocks, don't forget. I also want to tell you guys that you've been amazing with our partners, particularly Manscaped.com and MyBookie.ag. Quickly here, the promo codes for our two buddies, Sign up at mybookie.ag with promo code hoopball. Let them know we sent you, and you can get a 100 deposit match bonus. Open as I've said all week long, playing their free blackjack tournaments to win actual cash dollars. Football plays are up. Uh, they've got the they have a parlay of the week on the board right now. I believe that's a a new promo they're running, uh, which it, you know for those that are not big into um betting a parlay is when you have two wagers tied together in general it's considered a little bit of a sucker bet in general uh because you need two things to happen for you to win your wager but in this particular case uh they're actually giving you opening odds So while the total has actually moved down in the Packers-Niners game, largely because I believe some Niners have been ruled out due to injury and or COVID, you can actually get the spread at the opening number, which is Packers by six. That's now up to Packers by seven and a half. So you're basically getting a line that's one and a half points better than what's out there. The only thing that hurts you is do you you still think that total gets as high? So kind of a cool opportunity to get um, a line at the opening number. They have NFL player prop bets on the board. They have the tennis challenger competition. It's great. You got to check it out. MyBookie.ag. Promo code is HoopBall. And I'll tell you what, with basketball now close and college basketball not that far away, I'll bet you anything that they're going to have some odds boosts kicking in for sports returning. So make sure you're a part of the fun. MyBookie.ag. Promo code is HoopBall. Also, Get your lawnmower 3.0. As I mentioned on yesterday's show, we are so happy that we have re-upped with Manscaped for another few months. And that's thanks to you guys. So let's keep it going. Manscaped.com, the promo code there is Hoopball20. You get 20% off and free shipping on your order of whatever you're getting of manscaped.com. They got the lawnmower, which is the trimmer. They've got a nose hair trimmer. They've got a nail kit, boxers, t-shirts, deodorants, powders, anything you could want. For male grooming, they've got at manscaped.com. It's going to make a great holiday gift, so you can start thinking about that. The holidays are, are right around the corner. Promo code again, HoopBall20. Very appreciative of you guys getting stuff from our sponsors. That's how we are able to keep them on board. It helps power the locomotive here at HoopBall and helps us continue to grow. One thing that I'm at kind of interested to see as we now are on the cusp, seemingly, of getting confirmation that the NBA is starting on December 22nd. It sounds like everything that came out yesterday was like, it sounds like it's an inevitability. It's about to happen. And I don't know why... Listen, I was arguing with people within HoopBall about this. I was like, look, guys, whatever numbers... like You might not believe that it's $500 million. You might not believe that it's a billion-dollar losses. It's big to start late and run late. It's big because it costs you this year, and it costs you during following years, and... Uh, there's the possibility that it would cost you with with fan revenue if there's a handful of people even in the arenas for games later on this season. It's a big deal. And I, you know, I typed it in some some hoop ball group chats. I was like, look, here's what's happening. You have a handful of guys who are older and have made enough money where the time off is more important than the higher salary cap. You have a handful. No question. And by the way, I'll say it again. They are right to feel that way. It's a quick turnaround. The NBA Finals ended, what, a month ago? Less than a month ago? It's quick if they're coming back in a month and a half for especially some of those old legs. Guys like LeBron, even Anthony Davis, who's not an old guy, but he's been around for a little bit now. Jimmy Butler, peel it back around to the previous series. There are enough guys on those last four, even eight teams that would be like, look, I'm, I'm gassed, man. We need a little bit more time. But that still leaves 22 teams, in my estimation, that want to get back early. And guys on those eight teams that we already talked about that want to wait that probably don't want to wait and don't want to talk about it. Because they're like, look, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to go to Braun and say, hey, man, I know you've made $300 million, but I've made two I kind of need us to get back. I need my next salary to be two and a half million instead of one and, and change or whatever. So we always kind of knew on this podcast and the only, the only hedge I was like, look, maybe they agreed on some in between. They go January 1st and try to ram in the 72 game season. But I, you know, right from the get go, I was like, look, if that money is really on the line, they're starting on December 22nd. And it really, really does. It really does feel like that's about to happen. I kept expecting it was going to drop during the recording of today's podcast, but it hasn't yet. And uh, so just keep your eyes glued to Twitter over the course of today. Follow at Fantasy; That'll be a spot you'll see it. Obviously, Woj and Shams will get that tweeted out when it breaks. Uh, And I think we'll probably know by later on tonight on a number of things going on here in the U.S. The thing I was curious about is, uh, are are we at a point now where people are hearing that the NBA is coming back soon and starting to pay attention, or does it really need to be etched in stone? Is the announcement probably later on today going to be the thing where people are like, oh, damn, and then start paying attention again? I don't know. I don't know yet. But I will say this. This is the first week, and I know this is a dumb metric, but this is the first week where my followers on Twitter have gone up by anything that's not like a nominal fluctuation. For about, when the NBA went into the COVID shutdown, over the next three months, I think I lost about 150 followers. I think it was probably bots, if I had to guess, or people that were just like, I don't want to hear about NBA right now. Um, And for the next four months, my followers have pretty much stayed exactly the same. They've gone up by six, down by six, up by five, down by four. This is the first week where it's gone up by like 15 or 20, which makes me think... And I know this is not big numbers, but it makes me think that people are now starting to tune back in. So if that's the case, welcome back. We've got some real cool stuff for you coming up here over the next few weeks. Tune in again tomorrow. We will continue to break down the Hoopball Industry Mock Draft. Uh, might have a guest on the show. Don't know yet. That one is yet to be confirmed. And uh, then we'll roll it around. And damn, by Monday, then it's Hoopball Draft Guide time. Hell yeah. Have a great Thursday, everybody, whatever you're doing out there. Um, should be a really interesting day for so many, many reasons. Big news coming from the NBA, possibly uh, from the world. You guys know what I'm talking about. I'm Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. We'll talk tomorrow. So long.